Welcome to the Grow Strong Leaders podcast. I'm your host, Meredith Bell, and I interview business leaders who are committed to their own growth and the development of everyone on their team. If you enjoy my podcast, be sure to subscribe and rate it on your favorite podcast platform. Thank you for joining me today. I'm your host, Meredith Bell. And those of you that have been listening for a while know how much I love to bring to you people who have focused on their own growth and development and are committed to helping others achieve their full potential. And today I have someone with me who's been very committed to doing both of those things. And I want to welcome as today, Carrie Barocchio. Welcome, Carrie. Thank you so much, Meredith. I've been looking forward to this all day. <laughs> me too. And I want to give a quick shout out to our friend and super networker, Frank Agan, because yes. he's the one who introduced us because we were both involved in his networking hub and have both been guests on his show. And before I um, start jumping into questions, I want to introduce you to my listeners so they have a better understanding of how special you are. Carrie V, as she is affectionately known to all of her fans and friends, is an international speaker, international best-selling author, podcast host, and certified transformation, forgiveness, and grief coach. After going from burned out corporate general manager to seizing opportunities and creating the life that she had been dreaming about, Carrie now uses her experiences to lead others on a journey of radical empowerment and radical change. She's the founder of Radical Empowerment Method, and that's an online program in addition to being the title of her wonderful book. And both of those are designed to walk people through the exact method she herself used to move from a life of feeling invisible to a life of empowered success and action. And besides the book, The Radical Empowerment Method, she's also the author of 30 Days to Gratitude Journal. And of course, that's one of my favorite topics, Carrie. So we're going to be touching on gratitude as well. Um, But first, I would love for you to share a little bit about your journey that led to the creation of this radical empowerment method, because that's been quite a a process for you. Yeah, we like to think of our journeys as being quite linear, and they are anything but. Our journeys never go in a straight line, do they? They're up and down and peaks and valleys and good and bad and All of that comes together to create this beautiful journey. My oldest brother, Billy, used to tell me all the time, don't be so anxious to get where we're going, sis. This is the fun part. The journey is the fun part. We took family vacations when I was a kid. All the way up through my senior year of high school, we would go on these long trips and we'd all be in a car together and I just wanted to get there. And Billy loved stopping along the way. He loved seeing signs and saying, oh, dad, can we stop there? And it was a lesson that he really taught me throughout my whole life, throughout our lives together, just to really focus on the journey and enjoy the journey. And I found myself as I got into young adulthood, got through college, I got married, started having kids, and I found myself 
I found myself existing through life, never really tapping into who I was fully, knowing there was always more, but I didn't know how to really get it. And it wasn't that I didn't love motherhood. I do. And it wasn't that I didn't love everything about my life. I did. But I knew I was created for more. And I just was afraid to take a step into who that person might be. When my brother was in his 40s and I was going through a divorce, going in for my master's degree, going through custody battles, all this stuff swirling around in my life, my brother was diagnosed with terminal colon cancer. And he fought so hard for three years of his life. He just... He wanted to get better and he fought that cancer and he accepted it as well. And again, Billy taught me that the journey was what was important. And he didn't know what the outcome would be. He only knew that he was going to embrace the journey, this new journey he was on. And we got closer and closer and closer as he went through his cancer treatments. And I would spend time with him and we would talk and he would say, he would, he would challenge me and say, you know, sis, you were created for more than what you're doing. You were created for more than sitting behind a desk. This isn't for you. This is for a lot of people and they shine and they love it and they grow, but it's not you. This has become your prison and you have put yourself behind bars. You need to be on stages. You need to be, you need to be encouraging people. This is what you were created for. Since you were a little girl, sis, we can't shut you up. You've been on a stage since since I can remember. He was four years older than me. So he remembers. He remembers me as a be as a not a baby, but a toddler being on stage singing Silent Night in front of the whole church. He remembers all that. And as my brother went through this journey, it became more and more apparent that this cancer was going to win. And the week before my brother died, we went out for breakfast and we were sitting in this restaurant and he leaned across and he took my hand and he said, you have to promise me, you have to promise me that no matter what, you will spend the rest of your life pouring into the lives of others to help them choose more life while they still have life to choose. Because my life is over, but yours is not. And you have a gift that you've been hiding. Promise me you will use it. So I promised him, Meredith. I promised him not having any idea how I was going to fulfill this promise, but I promised him. That was in 2010. And I went back to my life after the funeral. You're try you, you try so hard to get back into your life again, but life is irreversibly changed. Uh -huh. And Right. And walking through the grief and walking through helping my mom and dad deal with the grief of losing their oldest son, all of these things were swirling around and I forgot the promise. I just let it go. But a few months after my brother died, I had this dream. And in this dream, I walked into a restaurant and immediately I saw a gentleman with his back to me and I knew it was my brother. I could hear his voice. I could hear his laugh, the way he the way he sat, the way people would lean into him and, and laugh at his jokes. He was brilliantly, hysterically funny. And I, I kept calling his name and he was ignoring me. So I went and I stood in front of him in my dream and I demanded of him, why won't you talk to me? I want to invite you to our house for dinner. My gosh, I miss you, Billy. And he looked up at me and he said, 
I can't talk to you because I died. Don't you remember? I died. I'm only here to give you a message. Life is short, little sister. Choose wisely. And I woke up. My heart was racing. I was in a cold sweat. And I knew that that message was, (laughs) you made me a promise. Now start choosing wisely and do this. Mm. And the journey began. And the journey has not been linear. The journey has been ups and downs, taking steps and taking missteps, correcting the misstep and moving forward again, doing everything I could do to learn how to become this person who could pour into others, taking classes, listening to others, joining Toastmasters, everything I could do to figure out how to get up on a stage and speak to people and help them choose more life. What a powerful story. <laughs> it, um, gosh, I got chills and warmth at the same time, <laughs> thinking about how much you loved each other yeah, and how that me- the, the two messages you received from him were really, you know, combined life altering for yes. you. And it's so simple. Those five words, life is short, choose wisely. Yes. If we can just remember that every day, we can choose what will most be fulfilling for us. That's right. I was thinking also about the subtitle of your book to inject a little bit of fun and humor here (laughs) with that, you know, very um, emotionally uh, charged story that you just told. But the subtitle of your book, I want (laughs) to read that and then have you tell us about that story. It's, Getting off the sidelines of your life and stepping into your pow pow shoes. <laughs> so you have to tell us what pow pow shoes are, and then and what is the meat? What's the origin story behind that? <laughs> so pow pow shoes. My pow pow shoes are a pair of high heeled shoes that are all all shiny and sparkly, and on the toes they literally say pow pow. And when I walk up on stage, I have those shoes on my feet. I may not keep them on for the whole time, <laughs> but I have them on. And when I when I step my my feet into those shoes, I feel like I can do anything, anything at all. It's just they're so bright and so powerful. They have become my signature. And I actually was at an event where one of the speakers came up onto the stage wearing those shoes. And I, I couldn't take my eyes off of those shoes. I remember everything she said. I actually hired her and worked with her for a year. She was a powerful speaker. And one of the first things I asked her was, will you tell me where you got the shoes? And she started laughing and she said, yeah, Macy's. I mean, anybody can get them. And I went on their website, ordered a pair right away. And then as I was working with her on branding, she said, if these spoke to you that much, a pair of shoes then make them part of your message. Step into your pow pow shoes. It means stepping into your power, stepping into what you were created to do and who you were created to become and unapologetically embracing who you are. That's It's very potent because I think our culture tends to, uh, there's so many things that factor into who we think we are yeah. and who we think we are not. 
And your wonderful book addresses so many of those aspects. Mm -hmm. One of them that I think is so easy to adopt if we're not really aware is this whole thing of a victim mindset, that tendency to blame others for what's happening to us or blame circumstances and not look within to take ownership. And so I would love for you to talk about what are some of the things you've seen in your own life, but also in the folks you have spoken to and the people you've worked with, your clients? What is it that you see that has influenced them or prevented them from getting out of that victim mindset and embracing ownership? Yeah, there are, it all boils down to being willing being willing to take that responsibility. And when I meet with someone and they, and I hear excuse after excuse after excuse, I will, I will just stop them and say, listen, I'm just going to read this back to you. Cause I will have been taking notes the whole time and I will read it back to you. And then I will, I will ask them what would, if those were me saying, if this was me saying those words to you, what would you say back to me? And they will usually sit back and say, I'd tell you to take ownership and and move forward. And I said, okay, then take ownership and move forward. These excuses, blaming other people, all of these, all of these attitudes will keep you stuck and worse moving backwards. No one really stays stuck in one place. We are either moving forward or we are going backwards. There's just only two choices. I think staying stuck makes it sound like we can somehow stay in the same place year after year after year. And that's not true. You're either moving up or you're moving down. Take your health. If you're not taking charge of your own health, you are going to go backwards. There's no static. You're either improving or you're, or you are deconditioning. That's the way that we, that's the way the human body is designed. And it's the way our minds are designed as well. If we are constantly filling ourselves with excuses and blames and blaming and complaining and keeping ourselves thinking about, oh my gosh, I can't do this because I was sexually abused as a child. Well, okay. And it was horrible. And I understand. I also was a victim of childhood sexual abuse, but, and we get to choose to take that experience and make it a strength and, and move forward through it. Not despite it, not despite being sexually abused, but because we were, now we have this extra power and this extra compassion and this extra empathy, and we can pour into others who have gone through the same experience or a like experience that we have. But if we stay in the mire of poor me, this happened to me, you just keep moving backwards and backwards and backwards. And life does have an expiration. Life does end. In the last two years, I have held my mother as she died from colon cancer and my favorite aunt in the world as she died from ovarian cancer. They they died just a little more than a year apart. And I, just before my aunt died, she leaned over and she took my hand and she said, you know, I am going to die. I don't know the exact expiration date, but we all have one. And it really hit me when she said that. Because we spend so much of our lives making excuses and blaming others for everything that goes wrong in our life. And we don't realize that the clock is ticking. It is ticking. And when that minute is gone, when that second is gone, you don't get it back. Life is short. Choose wisely. 
I had shoes, sneakers created <laughs> with that saying on the shoes. So when I look down at my feet, when I'm working, I can see them. Life is short, choose wisely. And choosing wisely means choosing to take responsibility for your life. Where you are today in every aspect of your life is exactly where you chose to be. And you can choose to make it better if you want to. Mm -hmm. That's great. Thinking about people who are in leadership roles as yeah. they're listening to someone who comes to them with a concern or a problem. Are there certain words that a, a person or a, it doesn't even necessarily have to be someone in a leadership role so that we can be helpful to others in hearing their own victim language? What are some phrases, sentences, words that people tend to use that would cause us to realize, oh, that person is being a victim and not an owner. Are you are you are asking me the words that the person is using? The, would use, the person oh. who's feeling like the victim. Yes. What are some of the typical kinds of things that they might say that would be a part of their language? Yes. Cause those of us in listener mode to go, oh, that's mm -hmm. what that sounds like. Yeah. Uh, the word but is a huge one. I would love to do that, but. But, you know, I just, my life just doesn't allow me to do things like that. <laughs> the word but is, I had a pastor once when I was a kid that used to tell us to get out of our butt rut. <laughs> and I really took hold of that because that word immediately stops your brain. Immediately. When you say, I would like to do that, but your brain goes up, oh, we're not doing it. So we can just stop listening now. If we changed it to and, I would like to do that and. It's been a rough journey and I'm still going to choose to move forward. Honestly, the last couple of years of my life from December of 2020, when I was diagnosed with cancer, the same cancer that took my brother and going through that year and into July of last year, everything that came at me, the waves that crashed at me. I broke my shoulder. My mother died. I was diagnosed with Lynch syndrome and skin cancer and osteopenia. It was just, it. I had COVID four times. <laughs> it was a crazy, crazy ride. And had I allowed the word but to come into my mind, and it did, it did come in. But had I allowed it to actually take root and I and give it free rental space in my brain, I would have started going backwards very fast, very fast. I was diagnosed with cancer and I will use this story to inspire and create motivation in others to move forward despite their circumstances. And I had to say that out loud over and over again because I was terrified and I was mad and I was angry at my body for for betraying me. You work through all these emotions and we can choose growth. But that word, but is a huge indicator or something like, yeah, but you don't know what I've been through. Big excuse coming when you hear those words. And we all know people who we could say their story with them because we've heard it over and over again, right? <laughs> yeah. So those are those are the two huge ones, that word, but, and you don't know what I've been through. You just don't know. That's, you know, there's an excuse coming that they're holding on to, but it gives them in their mind an out 
to taking responsibility and doing the work for the change that is coming can come if they'll let it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's so important. We can't force someone to, no. to make that change, but helping them listen to themselves. I love the idea that you take notes and then read it back <laughs> and then ask the person, what would you say? <laughs> because it, we really don't hear what we no. are saying out loud many times. We can't hear ourselves the way others can. So asking, even taking the initiative to say, after we've described something to someone, what are you hearing me say? You know, yes. how am I coming across? So that if that that idea of owning and taking responsibility is something we're really committed to, then being willing yeah. to ask others what they're hearing from us will yes. help us stay on track. You know, one of my favorite chapters in your book that also was a painful one was around forgiveness and grief. And I think this ties in with ownership. You know, if we continually blame and hold resentments against people and things that have happened to us in the past, we might think, how could I possibly forgive that? Yes. And yet you advocate it very strongly. And I know you had to come to that realization yourself. Why do you feel so strongly about forgiveness being a key element of, you know, this radical empowerment that we need to acquire? Yeah. Oh, that's such a great question. And it's one of my favorite things to speak about is forgiveness in every aspect of your life. We tend to think of forgiveness being a topic, say, at a personal development seminar, but it has everything to do with leadership growth. If you are holding on to unforgiveness, an unforgiving attitude, you are living in the past. And if you are living in the past, you cannot bring yourself or the people you're leading into the present and onto the future. It's impossible because when you are holding on to this piece of painful, a a piece of this painful memory from your past, and you are letting it take root and you are letting it create this poison within you. It has been said that that when you refuse to forgive someone, it is as if you drink poison and you expect it to affect this person who hurt you. Because the truth is we hold on to this, this unforgiving attitude and the person who hurt us most likely isn't even thinking about it. And sometimes they don't even know that they have hurt us that deeply. Sometimes they do, but very often they don't. And holding on to this unforgiveness creates this this block, this heavy, these heavy bricks that are basically tied to our feet and holding us down. We're we're unable to move forward because the past has its grip in us. And forgiveness is this gift that we get to give ourselves to free ourselves from that bondage. And when we let go, it's like it's like letting go of helium balloons. When you're holding them, they can't, they can't fly free. And when you let them go, they just, they are this, this beautiful, this beautiful massive rainbow color reaching up to the heavens. That's what forgiving does for us. And it lets us move forward and lets us create the greatness and become the greatness that we were created to become. But so many people hold on to the painful memories because we somehow think that it validates us and And it becomes who we are. 
And we're afraid that if we let go and if we offer this forgiveness, then who are we? What's our story? If we can't keep talking over and over again about this grievance in our lives, then who are we? What will we talk about? This has been me. This is me. I am the person who was sexually abused and I'm going to hold on to that like my trophy. You offer the forgiveness, the trophy's gone. The beauty is that we then get, get to go create a truly beautiful trophy of our life. We get to create this legacy that we want to leave for generations coming behind us. I don't want my tombstone to say, here lies Carrie V. She complained about her past to the day she died. How tragic would that be? But that's what unforgiveness does. It keeps us completely anchored in the past. And when we offer forgiveness, whether we do it face-to-face, -face, maybe that person is, maybe we don't know where they are. Maybe they've passed on. We can still forgive them and set ourselves free from this bondage that renders us unable to lead, unable to truly love, unable to walk forward. What about self-forgiveness? Oh, We can beat ourselves up for a long time and mm -hmm. have a lot of trouble letting go. I was just thinking about that as I was listening to you, how powerful it is when we judge ourselves. Because mm -hmm. really, judgment comes into play here around ourselves and others. Yes. So how do you help someone that you sense is just you know, barraging themselves with criticism <laughs> and unable to see how forgiveness could even happen mm. because they perceive their past actions or past words as unforgivable. How do you help them move towards that place where they can be kinder and gentler with themselves? Mm, love that question. I believe that forgiveness of self is the hardest the hardest type of forgiveness. We are harder on ourselves than we are on anyone else, for sure. From the minute we get up in the in the morning, right? We look in the mirror and we start tearing ourselves down and we start talking about, we start looking at ourselves and going, look, you've got another wrinkle and oh my gosh, is that another role? And my gosh, you're looking older today. We start all of these things and then everything starts to snowball from there. And do you remember that time when you were five that you blah, 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 fill in the blank. There are so many things that we could keep coming into our brains. And if we think about it long enough, we'll remember things that we didn't, that we forgot long ago. And then we'll, and then we'll remind ourselves of how horrible we are. When I was five, I used to stand on the corner and throw stones and pebbles at cars passing by. I don't know why I thought that was fun, but I did it. I threw stones at cars and then I would run home singing something about nobody can catch the gingerbread man. Seriously, I did this. <laughs> and for a long time, I mean, finally one woman stopped and chased me home and told my mother what I was doing. And that was the end of that. But sometimes that story will come into my brain of you were a wicked child. You were horrible. Like, then do you remember the time that you opened up the chocolate chips in the store and they got mad and threw you out and you lied and said it wasn't you? I mean, th there are so many stories that I could fill my head with and never, ever, ever forgive myself for. However, just like forgiving others frees you, forgiving yourself frees you even more because it's you.
So when I'm working with someone on this, and I would say it, it comes up in every single person that I coach at some point during their coaching sessions with me, it comes up because the number one thing that holds us back is this unforgiveness of ourselves, because that really is believing that we're not worthy of the greatness that we desire. And we take one situation at a time and we dig deep into it. And then we go through the Hawaiian forgiveness prayer with themselves. Thank you. I love you. I forgive you. It's just a beautiful way to go through it. Thank you for the lessons. I love you and I forgive you. I'm ready to move on. And we just let it go. Sometimes we'll write those things down and we'll actually physically burn the paper. And it's just a a way of working through this, this beautiful part of letting ourselves grow. And then turning those negative words into positives. So when I get up in the morning now and I start to tear myself down, I will stop myself and say, you know what, body, you have brought me through so much in two years and I appreciate everything you've done. In fact, I can't believe you didn't give up on me because it's been a, it's been a horrible ride. So thank you. And it shifts everything. And when those other stories come into my head, I will stop and say, you know, some things I did really were pretty horrible, but I learned a lesson and I take responsibility. I have asked for forgiveness where I need to ask forgiveness. And I've asked myself and granted the forgiveness when it is to myself. And now we move on. Literally saying those words out loud, even if you have to do it every day, even multiple times a day, eventually you'll believe yourself that you've forgiven yourself. Mm -hmm. Well, when you think about the habit that we get into, of these self-criticism, self-judgment, or judging others, yeah, um, and then needing to forgive ourselves for judging others. You know, it's it's a continuous process of yes. self-awareness. I think yeah. one of the things that you said as part of that process was thank you. Yes, you know, being grateful for everything that happens, and you authored a gratitude journal. So I know gratitude is important to you. Talk about what was behind the writing of that 30-day gratitude journal. The first time that I went, that I took a group of women through my online program, which at the time was called Felicita Academy. And Felicita means happiness in Italian. That quickly transitioned into the radical empowerment method. And that first group of women, when I got to the entire module on gratitude, And we started talking about the importance of physically writing, journaling gratitude. The question that I got over and over again was, we don't know how to do that. How do we get started? Can you help us? And so I decided to put together a 30-day gratitude that would teach the written power of the power of written gratitude. And that's what that entire journal was born out of was the need that these women were asking for. And what I tried to do in this journal was take things around our everyday lives that can somehow can sometimes be things that we're not very grateful for and flip the script into being grateful for those things. So things like dirty dishes, getting done, you're done dinner and and I got all these dishes, right? But the reason we have dirty dishes is because we had food to put on it in the first place. And so if we looked at the fact that the reason we have dirty dishes is because we have food 
and to be grateful for that food, it becomes much easier then to take joy in doing those dishes. I used this on myself this past Sunday. I spent all day meal prepping and I was coming down to my office to do a few things. It was already almost four o'clock and I felt myself starting to grumble and complain. Like I've been in the kitchen all day since I got home from church. I've just been in the kitchen. And I immediately caught myself and thought, well, we could be too poor to buy food. We could be bombed out of our house. Instead, I had a pantry and a freezer and refrigerators full of ingredients to make food for an entire week. I have no right to complain. In fact, I have every right to be grateful for the mess of my kitchen right now because I had food to make that mess. It's just flipping the script. And that's why I wrote this journal. And my goal and my dream is that at the end of 30 days, when you go through this 30 days that you will continue on this journey of gratitude because it's right up there with forgiveness. Forgiveness and gratitude, those two things together will explode your life for the better. Mm -hmm. I couldn't agree more. The other thing that I love is the phrase you use, choose happiness. (laughs) So often people say, you know, I'll be happy when or I'll be happy if. And what you're saying is be proactive about it and be happy to begin with before yes. anything happens, right? Yes. A little bit about where where that comes from. <laughs> that's a that's one of my brothers brothers, my Billy isms. <laughs> he used to tell me all the time, if you just are happy, if you choose to be happy, life will fall into place. And I've put it to the test many times and then forgot many times as well. And the first business coach that I started working with, and I, I still, I now do, I host events with her. She has become my very best friend in the whole world. And when I started working with her, I remember calling her one day and saying, how do you get so much done? I don't understand. I'm at my desk all day long. I have nose to the grindstone. And she said, dude, you got to lighten up. Be happy. Choose happiness every single day. And I guarantee you, your, product, your productivity will, will go through the roof. And I now, I lead whole seminars and workshops on this, how choosing happiness literally increases your productivity. It literally creates these spaces in your mind to come up with these amazing ideas. It helps you take a laughter break, put on a cat video, do what you have to do, pick up pom-poms. I do that. And I'll just make up a silly cheer and be laughing in no time. And it, and it lets the stress decompress. And then your, your creativity is full force again. Mm -hmm. And we get to make that choice. We can choose to be grumpy and we can choose to be happy. We, we laugh about the Grinch movie and there are some really good lessons in that movie because when it came right down to it, the Grinch was grumpy until he chose. He had an aha moment. <gasps> That's what it says at the end of the movie. And his heart grows three times its size because he chose to accept that happiness in his life. He saw that others could choose happiness and he decided, wait a minute, if they can choose happiness when I just took everything away from them, I can choose that too. And that's true for all of us. We get to choose it or we get to choose not. Choose wisely. (laughs) Love that. It it all just, you know, wraps around together. I think 
as we're wrapping up, I would love for you to share a story or two um, about changes you've seen with some of the clients you've worked with. You know, not the specific issue they had, yeah. maybe, but what were they struggling? Where were they struggling? And then what what did you help them learn or do? And how did that positively impact their lives? Yeah, I had had one client who really wanted to break out of the box that she was in as far as where she was working and how people treated her and what she was willing to accept in her life. And we worked so much around her boundaries and what she truly wanted, getting laser focused. And within a year, she had gotten a new job where she got the pay increase that she desired, which was over $10,000 a year. Since they weren't going to give it to her where she was, she went out. She said, yeah, but who's going to hire me? Whoever you decide is going to hire you. That's who. It's how you present yourself. And so we worked on that. She did that. She went back to school for her advanced degree. She bought her first house and paid off her car. And it was all from mindset shifts. Every piece of it was believing that she could do it and then laying out the steps and taking the steps. She was willing to do the work. It created radical change for her and her husband. And like we said, the 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 growth is not the journey is not linear. During that time frame, her husband had a major major accident at work that put him out on disability and while he was out on disability, they also found out he had cancer. So in this entire process of her growth, she was dealing with grief at the same time. But her growth was a transformative time for both of them. And they are both doing amazing now. It just, it has been, um, it has been a joy watching that journey. Another one of my clients was, was having a lot of trouble coming to grips with her childhood. And as we worked, we realized that who she thought she was mad at was actually not who she was really mad at. It was the opposite parent of what she thought. And as we worked more and more, she realized that the unforgiveness towards this parent was so strong and so deep that she was cemented in her childhood and totally unable to move forward. And we worked on that more and more and more. She finally went and talked to this parent and offered forgiveness, though the parent said, I don't know why you're forgiving me. I did nothing wrong. She still offered that forgiveness and is now exploding in her business and in her life, in her relationships. She just had a baby. And the joy of watching growth when someone creates a life of a forgiving attitude and taking responsibility and being grateful and making time to laugh every day and making time in their lives to just unplug and do nothing because doing nothing is doing something. Self-care is something. So sometimes doing nothing is exactly what we need. And watching all these changes is, it, it makes my life more joyful than I ever thought it could be. And that is a beautiful circle back to your brother's five words. Yes. Life is short. Choose wisely. Yeah. You have really chosen. I hear the passion in your voice. I see it, you know, in our interaction. You are so doing your life's work now, (laughs) Carrie. 
I just love watching who you are. And you can see why I opened this episode the way I did, because you have worked so much on your own growth. You Mm -hmm. are now helping others embrace their own greatness with your radical empowerment method. And I love seeing and hearing about these results that you're having. So I know that some of my listeners will want to connect with you, get a copy of your wonderful book, and then um, learn more about your programs. And so please tell us how they can do all those things. Yes. My website is www.carrievee.com. And that is updated, Meredith, since I actually talked to you. It's carryv.com. And everything is on there, how you can get my book, how you can dig into the Radical Empowerment Method online program, one-on-one coaching, your shoes that say life is short, choose wisely. They're all there. And even a little a little message, a little thing, you know, to contact me. And I would love to hear from all of you. That's great. Thank you so much. Thank you. I loved our conversation and I just love who you are in the world and the wonderful work that you are doing. Thank Thank you you. for living that motto. You choose wisely every day in my book. Oh, thank you. Thanks for tuning into my podcast. Now head over to growstrongleaders.com and check out our two books, Connect With Your Team and Peer Coaching Made Simple. While you're there, download the free facilitator guide to find out how to implement our unique peer coaching system. Until next time, I'm Meredith Bell.